And I want you to jump over with me to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 16 in verse number uh, 13. 1 Corinthians 16 and, and verse number 13 through uh, 16. And I'll get to my thought, uh, what I want to speak on. I'll try to be brief. I don't preach over a couple of hours. So that's, what's the matter, y'all? Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Well, you watch a ball game, it lasts three hours. And you scream and holler from the time it starts to the time it ends. Amen. So what's the difference? I'm just kidding. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. And will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Jump over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 and verse 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, while you like men be strong. Let all your things be done with charity. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that in the, is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted. Notice that word right there. That's a little bit different than that cocaine junk, ain't it? And they addicted themselves to what? To the ministry of the saints. Now you submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. Lord, we thank you for the day and opportunity to be in the house of God once again. Thanks for being able to be here uh, in the home church of where uh, they sponsor us on the mission field. And I trust and pray that you, uh, if they see me, the new ones have seen me, they can pray better for us on the mission field. Thank you for all the help uh, down through the years. Church has uh, rendered our way uh, in taking care of all the, uh, my finances and stuff like that that comes in here uh, through the office. And I appreciate uh, Brother Andrews, the pastor, just met him uh, last year, didn't know him too well, too many times. But thank you, Lord, for a younger men that come in and carry on the work uh, that needs to be carried on. Blessed in the service tonight, and we'll praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Bible said in the book of Habakkuk, it said, <coughs> it said there, uh, this is my watch. And Habakkuk was talking about the uh, Lord putting him in something, and a watch is kind of like back in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 3, uh, and chapter 7, I believe as well, where the Jews would put a uh, wall around the city of Jerusalem, or wherever they were, and they put a watchman up on the wall. And that watchman's only job he had to do was just watch and look and pay attention. You ever seen many of the older penitentiaries, uh, like down at Parchman, and some of the older buildings, they got on the corners, and if it's a long wall, they got one in the middle, and all the way around, they got watchtowers. And they got men standing there to watch. Back in, in those days, they put a man on the wall, and he was to watch to let the people know when the enemy was coming. Now, who's our enemy today? The devil, amen. The devil is trying to destroy everything we do. And we need some men that will be watchmen. Now, the pastor is the leader of the church, but we need some men. I'm talking about men in the church that watches for the devil's uh, little tricks he's going to try to pull along the way. And, and mark it down, he's going to do it. And I preached in the dark about 
uh, three or four weeks ago, then that church was built, the power went off for some reason, just on our block. Uh, and then I preached on the, on the things that the devil tries to do. And the devil trying to destroy. And I, I told the people at the last point, and it's dark, and I'm preaching in the dark. I said, beware of the devil. He'll try to stir up something because the church is doing so well. And we got a new building, and everything's going good, but the devil's going to jump right in it. Next morning, he jumped in. And during the next week after that, I had two major problems. That's just where the devil is, amen? Uh, and so you just have to deal with it when it comes along. But I want to cover a thought on what my job is to watch for the people under my charge. Now, I, I've been down there 48 years uh, since I went, and just a little over 48 years, uh, building churches and winning people to Christ. And I'm going to cover about three or four things that, uh, that I'm supposed to be doing. But I get news for it. It's not just I'm supposed to be doing it. I should say, since I'm out of this church, this is not my watch. It's our watch. Amen. It's us. And, and them Yankees say us. I don't know what that means, but that's what they say up north. But anyway, it's us. You and I. And, and we're supposed to be, uh, we're working this thing together. Now, you say, well, I don't do anything down there. Well, you don't, but you do. Amen. Uh, you need to pray for this missionary. You need to pray that, that God will use me because I'm a representative of this church. I want you to go out there and look on my truck. It's got Central Baptist Church on the side of the camper. All right, I travel all over the United States. been about uh, 30, 35 states preaching. Your name has been all over the country. And I stand in the churches all across the country, and I say, I am a member of the Central Baptist Church in Hasburg, Mississippi. So I better behave myself because don't look bad on you, amen. And you better behave yourself because don't God's going to take care of you, amen. He'll take care of me too. But what I want to cover today, and, and I like that phrase over there in the book of uh, Corinthians where it said they were addicted to the ministry of the saints. You know, we are supposed to be ministers to one another. And, and as a missionary out of this church, you minister to me, I minister to them. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And a ministry to the saints. I got churches all over the United States uh, that financially support me, pray for me, and they are addicted to the ministry of this missionary. And I know a lot of them. And I know they're praying for me and they're calling me from time to time, write me a note, whatever. If you, you got my address, they just send me a note. Uh, I even got Facebook, man. I'm telling you, I'm uptown. That's not old school. That's new school. Uh, somebody, I still use a brand McNally when I travel. I call it a crazy GPS. I guess I don't know how to operate the stupid thing. Uh, it sent me to the wrong place most of the time. So I just go with my map, amen. And, and I come all the way from where I was to here. Didn't need a map. Done it so many times I got, got it memorized. Uh, and so thank the Lord for that. But first of all, in my watch, I am to preach. Now, I've had this saying uh, told to me a time or two. I was preaching in a church over in Alabama, oh, probably 15, 20 years ago. And I didn't know the church. I preached for a brother that morning in one place, and he got me an appointment that night over in the general area of another church. Well, I go in this other church, and 
Uh, I didn't know this. Kind of strange. They sung about uh, 30, 40 minutes. Somebody got up and preached about 15, 20 minutes. And they sung some more. And they just kept going on and on and on. Uh, and after a while, they finally turned it over to me. And the pastor made a mistake. He said, don't worry about time, Brother Tom. Just take all the time you want. Well, for about 45 minutes, I preached to those folks. I mean, I got out in the aisle. I preached to them. And the pastor gets up out there. He said, all of my life as a pastor, I've never had a missionary that come in and preach. And I said, well, you got the wrong missionaries, amen. <laughs> missionaries are preacher. I uh, mean, you'll get people saved. Uh, I pass out tracts, and I invite people to church, and we do a lot of things in the ministry, same as you do, but the preaching is what God chose to save the lost, amen? The Word of God. I am to preach the Word. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 18 through 21, the foolishness of preaching is what God chose to save that which is lost. And so we need to get back, and I'm still old-fashioned enough to just preach, amen? Uh, and we got this newfangled stuff nowadays, and uh, they, they just give little sermonettes and go outside and smoke a cigarette, amen? And go, uh, that's about the way it is in a lot of places. I've been there. Don't tell me I know what I'm talking about. Uh, and so preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, pure rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering. Now, we don't like that word rebuke, do we? But I got news for you. Let me throw this in. That's just extra. Don't cost anything extra. Uh, if your pastor can't rebuke you and you stay in the church, you're not right with God. Because sooner or later, he's going to have to get on to you. And I'm the 14th child, and that brother of mine that ra helped raise me, he's 15 years older than I was. And, and uh, no, I take it back. Uh, he's more than that. Uh, I got him confused on all of them. Yeah, but he was older. He was grown. He was 25 when I was five, so I guess he's 20 year old than I am. Uh, and so he would rebuke me every once in a while. And he had a way of doing it with a strap about that wide. Okay, kiddos, don't look at me like I'm crazy. Mama liked a peach limb. Uh, and she sent us out there to get a peach limb. We got, made a mistake getting a short one. You don't get a short one. You get one about that long, don't you? going to send you back. She wanted one when she tore your rear end up. She didn't go all the way around. I mean, it's like a whip. And that's that she'd say something, she'd tell us something, but then once in a while she just that that buking by the word didn't get the job done sometimes, but she had a saying, what don't go in the ears or go in right back here. <laughs> Mark her down, buddy, she'll do it. It'll still work today, folk. Oh, All right, daddies, wake up. It'll still work today. Little kid, little Johnny's and sisters and sissies running around, uh, back talking to me. I just fly the clean across the house. I told him, I said, I I don't teach a little bitty kid. I can't stand that back talk stuff. I wasn't raised that way. <laughs> I just can't. I'll take the teenagers up. Sometimes I want to slap them, man. And, and some of them probably need it. One guy said one day we were talking to this preacher, and he said, that guy about right around, he's a spiritual slapping. I said, what in the words of spiritual slapping? <laughs> but some of them do need it. But anyway, I am to preach the word of God. You know, preaching is what God chose to win people to Christ. Now, I preach a little bit down there. I, I have church Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and twice on Sunday. And I'll preach six to eight of those services every week. And so we need some new mission. Anybody in here? Habla Espanol? That guy right over here. Mark that guy right over here. He speaks a little Spanish. And, and you know what I said to them when they was down there helping me? I said, I need a, 
I need another me. When I started, 25, 26-year-old, somebody that knows how to do a few things, I do mechanical work, electrical work, plumbing, build houses, build buildings, paint cars, preach, whatever. I need another me, about 25, 30-year-old, and to come in and let me train them a little bit so when I'm gone, they can come on and keep going, amen. What better place to get one than the home church, amen. Amen. Say amen right there. He ain't say he's ducking his head over. He ain't saying amen. Somebody go around and slap. He needs a spiritual slapping is what he needs. <laughs> amen. Hey, I'm just crazy. Don't leave me alone. I'm having a good time at it. Uh, preach the word. And, and the lost are saved. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 23 through 25, that pe- the people are saved by the foolishness of the preaching of the word of God. And he said they're saved by the word of God. Now, there's nothing wrong. I go up to somebody's house or somebody, I meet somebody. I, if it's raining, I may talk about the rain for about three or four minutes. But somewhere in there, I learned this from an old preacher that pastored up in Baseball. He said, somewhere you just start talking about whatever, dog, cat, the house, the rain, the floor, whatever. And just a little bit, if you listen, they'll open the door. And when they open that door, you just kick her open and let her rip right there. And you win them to the Lord most of the time. Now, sometimes they won't know how to open the door. And then you just might well go to the house and go on down the road find somebody else. But the people will, if you put a little talking to them nicely and encouraging them and trying to get them to, uh, just kind of talking, they'll open a the door on you. Now, if you don't step in that door, you young preacher, listen, if you don't step in the door, you might well go on. You're through. You're not going to help them. So they'll close the door on you. But if they open that door, they may ask you something or or some question, or something about the Bible, or whatever. And whenever you start, he told me, don't you stop until you're through. You witness to them, and then, they get, and then you stop. And I've seen him stop right smack dab in the middle of a conversation, a sentence, and say, so you'd like to get saved? He could read the eyeballs. I try to learn that. Learn it fairly well, but not like he did. He knew how to do it, buddy. And win people to the Lord. And that's what it's all about. I am the preached word of God, uh, and that they might hear what the Lord saith the Lord. And then while I'm preaching, the next thing I need to do, I need to win souls to Christ. I mean, you don't build 25 churches just putting up a sign on the side of the wall somewhere. You got to get some people saved. Now, Brother Ray's been down there and painted a picture on the wall for me, and that's where we built the new building. His picture stayed over in the old one. I mean, I can't move it. He got it on the wall. And, and so uh, it's the same, same spot, same place, just next lot over, had about three houses, and, and continue to pray for that, we, we got about, all the inside's finished, still like some on the outside, and got to pay for the land, so pray the Lord supply the rest of that fund, amen, he ain't quit yet, we started digging the foundation on that building, uh, and the two boys helping, two guys helping, two men, they said, we got money to pour the footing, I said, no, we don't have no money, well, why are we digging the ditch for, I said, the only thing it costs to dig that ditch is some tacos, and some water. Maybe a coke head once in a while. Don't cost anything dig a ditch. Just get your shovel and a pick and go at it, honey. And we got it dug. By the time we got it dug, around most of the way, uh, we had the money to pour it. And we poured it. And then we took out the houses in the front and knocked it down. You saw on the, on the video. And we took all that garbage, all that block and cement, steel, and all that junk. We just piled it back in the back of that building. It's about four block high on the back, five block. And uh, one of my problems, I laid those 3,500 blocks. That's what my problem is. 
by myself. Well, they brought me in the mud out later. But anyway, a lot of work here. And, and so every t- from that day till we started, we poured the foot in until today we didn't have to wait on any money. And I don't ask anybody directly. I just share the need. But God sent it in, amen. And he'll send that other. That's what we like. He'll send that in. I know I no problem about it. He'll do it. He does. He's been doing this 48 years. I know what I'm talking about. Amen. And we done built 25, well, I ain't built 25 church buildings, but we got 25 churches in our ministry. And some of them I helped start personally. And some of them, uh, they, uh, uh, the preacher wanted to go somewhere, and I went with him and helped him get started and worked with him for a while to kind of get her going and then go back and help him from time to time. And so in our ministry. So go uh, and look for the lost. We've got to get out there where they are. You ain't going to find them sitting at the house watching Captain Kangaroo. Is he still on TV? That's old school for sure right there, ain't it, man? <laughs> you ain't going to get that on watching the, watching the news or watching the radio or watching cell phone. Now, I got two cell phones on me, one in Spanish and one in English. Uh, and I, but they don't, I don't sit around and look at the phone all the time. I ain't got time for that. Amen. I use it like a hammer. When I need it, I go get it, and I drive a nail, I go back and put it back where it was. Don't need it anymore for right now. And, and that's the way life is. But we live in a different world today. Amen. And that's just the way it is. And, and so we need to, to win the people to Christ. Then we need to start churches. Apostle Paul, over in the book of Acts. Go to the book of Acts, chapter 14. And if I ain't going to hurry up, I will be three hours. Go in and, and Acts, chapter 14. And verse number 23. Really, that's what I'm trying to do tonight, what this verse says. Acts 14. And they, and when they had ordained them elders in every church. Now, he'd already started several churches, Paul had. And had prayed with fasting. That's something we don't do much of nowadays. They commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they, they came to Pamphylia. And when they had preached their word in Perdiga, some of these words I pronounce them in Spanish, they went into the into Italia and then sailed to Antioch. Now, what was Antioch? From whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. Now, my church is not in Antioch. It's called Central. Amen. That's what y'all call Central Baptist Church. But notice what he said. And when they would come and they gathered the church together. Is this what we got here tonight? Part of the church? Got the church together. They rehearsed all that God had done with them. Now, that'd take a while, 48 years, there, wouldn't it? He rehearsed all that God had done with them. Now he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles in their abode long time. Uh, abode long time, I guess, what it took to tell them all about what was going on. And so that's what it is about, folks. Uh, I don't get by here too often, uh, once in a while. So I've been by the office a few times, just in the daytime, and pick up something, going down the road. But uh, we need to, you need to realize that what I do is part of what you, a part of you. This church is a big part of what I do. And uh, when I go across the country and preach, uh, I'm sponsored by this church, and, 
And, and most people said, well, I don't know about that church. I said, just get down there on the 49, just down south of Hattiesburg on the left right there. And there's been some folk that has helped me have come through here, and so they stopped time until just visited, uh, passing by. Uh, and so uh, treat them well when they come by. Amen. You don't know where they come from. Maybe might be one of my supporters. If you mistreat them, they cut me off. Amen. Don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. Amen. And I am to start churches just like the Apostle Paul. Now, let me throw something at you that a lot of missionaries ain't figured out yet. And uh, my job of missionary is to win people to Christ, establish a church, and then try their best to find a pastor for it, and then go somewhere else and start all over again. Now, I used to didn't have any problem with that back in uh, the, six, the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. But now in the 20s, this way, uh, the younger fellas coming out of the Bible colleges, if they go, uh, or get up in teenagers and 20s and 30s, uh, if it happens for them to preach, they want everything given to them before they start anything. I said, oh, no, honey, that ain't the way it works. I mean, what's wrong with working and preaching too? Huh? Well, Christ supposed to be full time. Would you show that in Scripture to me? Huh? A lot of things people say supposed to be, though, it's not in the book, honey. It just ain't there. And, and so it's nothing wrong. I've worked and, uh, and, and pastored the pastor that church I, I was saved in. He sold cars at a car dealership. I was saved in Eden Baptist Church down next to Crowder, Mississippi on the Dummy Line Road. And the reason why it was called Dummy Line Road, that's where us dummies live. No, huh? no that was another reason for it. But anyway, that's where I was saved at. And that old preacher's gone on by the Lord many, many, many years. And every once in a while, I drive down that road. If I happen to be in that area, I take out my one of my prayer cards. I got a few out there, a few more, and I write on the back of it. I was saved in this church on second Sunday of April, 1961, when Brother Smith Wyndham was a pastor. Most of them don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Everybody, last time I was by there, I talked to a man. He said nobody's left that that would known you or known him. But anyway, I said I thank this church. They had a pastor that came over to the cotton patch, walked out in the middle of the field uh, one day in July of 1960 and they invited us boys and girls to, uh, to come to vacation Bible school. Now, we was, I was 10, and I'm the youngest. The rest of them was older than that. But we couldn't give no answer to him. Hey, listen to me, kids. He said, go to that little brick side of the house right down there. Mama's right down there. And she said, we could go, we'll go. We didn't have a clue what we were going to go to. I mean, anything better chopping cuckabirds out of cotton at 100 degrees. So he went down there and he talked to Mama. And, and Mama and Daddy told him, okay. He come back by, hollered out the window. She said y'all could go. Boy, we was excited. Then what were we going for? You know what vacation Bible school was? Didn't have a clue. Anyway, we went. He come picked us up, took us to vacation Bible school, brought us back. Done that five days. And my brother and my mother decided they'd just start taking us to church over there. So we started going to church over there in that little church. And I'm in the country now. And, and, and there, after a few months, I got saved. A couple of my brothers and sister got saved there in that church while, before we moved off somewhere else. And so that's how I got saved. And that old preacher, I said, I, I went to see him right before he died. I was already on the mission field and, and told him, 
I, how much I appreciated him coming and, and inviting us to, to the vacation Bible school and preaching to me where I could get saved. I said, brother, as long as I live, your ministry won't die. And that's been years ago. I wasn't even on the mission field when I told him that. I, I just said, just went on the mission field. That's been 45, 46, 47 years ago. Uh, and his ministry is still going because he was willing to walk out in the middle of a cotton patch and tell a 10-year-old boy uh, to come to church and got me away, and then they preached for me, and I got saved. Thank God for it, amen. So it's worth it. So I'm to start churches and, and build churches and, and do what God told me to do. And, and church, you're supposed to do the same thing. Like I said, this is not just me. This is ours. This is our ministry. It's not my ministry. It's our ministry. Uh, it's part of this church. And, and, and every time we start something that I used to, uh, before I got two or three churches organized, and I still do it once in a while, I'll write uh, call the pastor. I hadn't done Brother Andrews that way yet, and have him to send me a letter or come, come down and let's organize a church, extend the hand to, to organize a church. And as a missionary out of the church, I can do that by myself, but it's good to have a letter from the church. Since I've got a couple of churches been started for years and years and years, uh, I'll have them to sponsor it, you know, and, and go ahead and give the arm because uh, I'll come right back here. It's just a string line from here. Amen. And so that's the way it works. And, and, and folks are getting saved. Churches are being built. And I uh, wanted to show the size. Uh, didn't, get, didn't get that pulled up there. Uh, I'll get back to you again. And, and they can show it later. Amen. I probably got another one of them little old things out there in my, in my truck. They'll probably get it on it. All right. So then the last thing I want to cover uh, with you tonight. Not only am I to preach and to win souls and start churches. But I'm to finish my course. You know, it's no such thing as getting to the end until you're gone. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. And he told Timothy, who was going to follow him, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, with all long suffering. Paul knew it wasn't going to be long, for he would be gone. And I try to tell the, uh, the man that's preaching right now in my place tonight. I uh, was four years old when I started at Montemorillos. I worked in Monterey to start with. I came to Montemorillos in 1984. This brother was only four years old. He's 42 now. And so he, he's been preaching several years and been helping me as a missionary uh, to help me with the ministry because I'm lacking preachers. And he's preaching while I'm up here. And so that's what it's all about. So I told him my name is Horky, George. I said, Horky, when I'm not here, you're in charge, son. You know, if you need to know something, do you, something run up on you can't figure out what to do, you just give me a call. Otherwise, you had it. And time or two when I first I let him do that, he called me once in a while, but now... He pretty well knows how I do things. He pretty well knows how to handle a situation. And so now he just takes care of it. That's what it's all about, ain't it? Amen. And because this old missionary uh, passed off the scene here one of these days, and somebody else got carried on. I, I tried to get these churches settled and grounded, founded in the, in the doctrine of the Word of God, 
and then I want them to uh, carry on. Amen. And, and when I'm gone, they, they're just to carry right on. And uh, I noticed a lot of young people in here tonight that wasn't here last time I was here. Uh, and it's good. Amen. Got to carry on. Uh, and you older folk, uh, uh, a lot of them done gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, and they left their mark here, I'm sure, on some of you. And uh, you need to pay attention to them older people. Uh, they know more than what you think. I had an old man come to church. He's 96-year-old, sitting on the back row. Very calm, didn't say a whole lot. And I'll always tell these boys, like he's sitting on the front row right here, I said, if y'all want to learn a few things, go back in there sometime or go by his house. He lives a little behind the jailhouse, about three houses down the road there. You just go over and sit down and take, you, take a few tacos with you and maybe a coffee, a cup of Coke or something. Go over and just sit down and just talk about things a lot. That old man can help you a lot. Now, I know you think you know everything. Most of these young kids think they know. They got tired by the tail. What they don't know, they punch it on the Google. Who puts that mess on Google anyhow? You better be told something that ain't even close to being right. You better be careful. You better check it with this book right here, honey child. But if you're on things of life, if you can take that old man, I said, if you go over and just sit down there, and name was Nabor. You just go and tell a brother Nabor, just ask him how it was about something that you can't figure out. Just ask him. Guarantee he's got an answer. He doesn't been there and done that. Amen. And I said, like my brother told me how showed me how to chop cotton. Now, I don't know most of the part don't know what chopping cotton is. You take a hole and you hold the grass out of it. Now that you pre-merge. Anyway, he showed me how to do that. Uh, and and uh, we we worked barefooted, so you had to be careful you cut your toe. I did that time or two. Uh, and the mama always had a remedy for everything. Now people don't believe this stuff, I'm telling you, but it's fact and I've been through it and know it works. If you cut your toe, she said, put some clean dirt on it. Now I said, Mama, the word dirt means dirty. What do you mean clean dirt? Now I'm not talking about that topsoil. That, that's got trash and dirt. I mean, uh, us dig down inside the ground a little about that deep, get some of that clean dirt and pack that soil with it. Don't you come to the house unless it's cut off. And I go to the house, guess what she cleaned it with? Anybody, any old folk know? Kerosene. We call it coal. Best thing in the world to put on the cut. Hey, he's crazy. Doctor knew what I knew about that stuff. Hey, I cut my finger right there a while back, right the day after Christmas. And I, I asked the neighbor, you got any kerosene? She said, no, I don't have any. I said, went to another neighbor, no, I don't have any. I said, I bought me a bottle. I got some now, by George. And, and I had to sit there because first thing you do, put that kerosene on it, do two things. It'll stop the bleeding, and it won't get sore. Now, you don't believe me. Just uh, any doctor, old doctors would believe that, but now these new finger cry, I don't believe none of that stuff. So I went over to get this doctor to sew my finger back up. I didn't cut it until I cut it almost off when I was 15. And he said, I said, go put some kerosene on it and have it. And he said, oh, that caused to be infected. I said, no, it won't either. Yeah, it will. I said, no, it won't either. He's about 35 years old. He didn't have a clue what he talked about. I, I said, you just sew it up. Kerosene, the best thing to and, and I can tell you something else kerosene do, but uh, some of you wouldn't like me telling that. But I, it, now, home remedies will work. And, and Mama would put the kerosene wipe if it was in the morning and noon, she would wrap that thing back up, back to the field I'd go. You didn't get off because you had a cut toe. You worked the dark. Now, if it's real, real bad, you might get a day off. I mean, just just work, man. That's what it's all about. Tough, tough. 
And so I finished my course. I want to finish up like I started. Apostle Paul said, I'm going to finish it, uh, uh, Timothy. Over in Timothy chapter 4, if you want to go over and look at it, we're going to close out here in about another 30 minutes. No. <laughs> Y'all don't have a clue what I'm going to quit, do you? <laughs> don't need to know. Over in, in, in the book of uh, 2 Timothy, look what Paul told him uh, over there. So I fought a good fight. I've kept, I finished my course. I've kept the faith. That's in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7. Paul was telling Timothy, who's going to be the one following him, like the brother Horky down yonder right now, uh, doing what I, I do most of the time. Following what he learned by following. And that's how you learn. There's nothing wrong with was learning out of a book, uh, and, and I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that stuff on that computer. I'm just going to be honest with you. Some of that stuff is all right, some of it ain't. You, if you ain't smart enough to know what's good and what's not, you better leave it alone. It'll mess you up, mess you up big time. But anyway, I, I am to finish my course. Fought a good fight. Finish. You know what I want to do? I want to finish my course. I want to stay it until it's all over. Now, I've been at it quite a few years. I'll be, if I make it to September, I'll be preaching 50 years. And I've been 48 years as a missionary. Well, I want to finish my, I don't win the end yet. I don't have a clue when it's going to be. This may be the last time I preach. I don't know. But I want it to finish. As an old country boy used to say, with my boots on. Now, some of you old folk understand that, but you young folk don't have a clue. That's just an old saying. You finish up faithful. Stand with stuff. Amen. Faithful. Uh, and be constant. I don't like this wishy-washy stuff. On the end of the day and out tomorrow. End of the day and out tomorrow. Up today and down tomorrow. I don't understand that stuff. You get in there and you stay at it. Walked out to the cotton field one day. Got a big old cotton patch out there. And boy, and I told my brother, I said, man, a lot. Charles, I said, that's a lot of cotton we got to pick. He said, don't worry about that over yonder. Quit looking at that. You look right there in front of you. You get that, what's on that road right there. Don't you worry about that over there. Don't even look over there. You just get that road right there. Five, six of us, before you know it, in a week or so, we'd go on in the short road. I always like to get to the short road. Amen. So you're about always to the other side. Don't worry about that. You get there shortly. Just get this right here, what's in front of you. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Just do what you're supposed to do today. Amen. And somebody want to plan their whole life. I don't plan all my life. I, I do make a few plans ahead of time. <clears throat> but, you know, I just pick cotton until I, until I get the road in. I get on another road, pick back the other way. And that's the way you do it, man. Just keep, sir. We've been on that building two, two years, building that last building. And we work about five hours a day because we got to get ready to go to church in the afternoon. We had to drive an hour and a half, two hours to get there. And, and get back in about 11, 12 o'clock at night and get up at 5 the next morning and go again. You know, that's just the way life is. And uh, I don't want to do it, sleep in. Somebody said, oh, sleep in, what's that? Amen. I get in the bed about 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and by 5, 4.35, I'm up. Getting ready to go again. Every daylight, I'm back at it again. That's just the way life. That's what I don't I was on the farm. I guess it just stuck with me. Faithful is constant. Steadfast. Just make your stand and stay there. Amen. 
Somebody said, well, preacher, don't you realize we're living in the 21st century? I said, well, let me see. I believe this is the same book I started out with. This is the King James. Well, don't you know there's some new ones? I said, I don't want one of them. You know what? My first automobile was a 49 Ford pickup. We might have one today. That beats the junk I'm driving out there. Half time won't crank. Don't know what's wrong with it. I carry two batteries, so I boost it off. It pulls the battery. Down. I don't have a clue. I checked everything I know to check, and I'm fair shade tree mechanic. Can't find it. Dead fast, unmovable. I mean, if it's right 20 years ago, it's still right today. <coughs> Salvation, when I got saved, you had to confess your sins and trust the Lord Jesus. It's still the same. It ain't changed none. The Bible principles and, and the dress codes and all that's in the Bible, it's still there. It ain't changed. Now, we changed some of that stuff. So I hadn't. Some of them have. Uh, you know, it's still there, just lined up with a book. And it'll work. Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Always abounding means things, you just stay faithful. Just stay faithful. Get the job done. Just like that picking that cotton, that one roll. After I got a little older, they gave me two rolls. I know most of you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. They put them cotton picking machines in there in the 60s, 64, 65, and they left a lot of cotton scattered across the field. I said, my brother, whoop that thing. Man, we didn't leave nothing but brown burrs behind us. And uh, But anyway, they're not losing that much. It just looks like it. But it took everybody off the farm. Thanks to Mr. Johnson, the president back then, made the biggest mess I've ever seen in the Situation of people. But anyway, it's happened. Paul said, I want to finish my course. Go over to the book of First Corinthians 15. And we're going to close right here on this. First Corinthians 15, 50, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that you have labored, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you just stay faithful, God will bless you. That church, we just built that new building. The brothers come here and work on time. Ten years ago, they're about, the preacher had that young fella, Run it down to one. Had about 40 when he went. Run down to one. And he left. That office mess you ever seen. And so the lady, and my wife and I went over and started having regular services like we always have. And I don't know how many times she asked me, she said, Brother Baird, we're going to close up? I said, no, ma'am. Well, just you and your wife and Myself, after three or four weeks or so, the, another uh, lady and her two daughters that used to come started coming back. And then we get from there, and we've been almost to 100, averaging probably 75 or so. 
take a while to be able to back up. So one day we had a house full, and I, after service, I walked back to the door to speak to the folk that were left and called over somebody to pray, and I walked back. She said, on the end of the pew, I said, Sister Rosie, reckon we should have closed up? She said, no, sir. You're right. And it didn't happen overnight. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, just whatever, built it up. Just had to start all over again. So that's called abounding. That's called being faithful. Better be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that you're laboring, not in vain, in the Lord. We'll just stay faithful. God will bless you. Let me ask you a question. Back up when we started with a preach, we would win souls. You know what the fruit of a Christian is? It's another believer. We're supposed to produce after our own kind. If you ever never won anybody to the Lord, you don't know what you're missing. It'll change your life. But you can't win them sitting at the house. Well, you come, I go to church. Yeah. Most everybody here claim to be saved. Probably some of them are not. Well, how, how long has it been, church, since you just took your Bible, got you somebody to go with you, just go down the street knocking doors and talking to people? That's how you get them in. Well, the church has church-wide visitation there once in a while. Why don't you come? I mean, you know, it was only, I was only five years old when I started picking cotton. I couldn't pick much cotton. By the time I was 10 or 11, I was getting 200 and something. Start all doing, just doing what you can. I done my part, they done their part. We got it picked out. That's how you get people to say, you may, well, preacher, I don't know what to say. We got a Bible, just like I have study it. If you don't know what verse to use, ask the pastor or one of the assistants around with Sunday school teachers which verses to use. And just learn those verses and get out there and win somebody to the Lord. You can pack this thing out in two or three weeks if everybody got busy. Amen. That's what we do. In the city of Montemorelos, which is only 15 minutes from where we just built the building, that's where I live, built a church there. Seats about 150, 60 folk. And it's probably 120 or so. I had it 165 one time. Got another pastor that I'm taking care of it now. We we knocked every door in the city of Montemorelos three times while I was there. Every door. We passed out tracks to every person we could find. We even stuck tracks under the door of the cantinas, bars. We knocked every door on three three times in the whole town. Town's grown some since then, and I hadn't been run over. I'm working with other churches. I said they got a lot of colonial, a lot of subdivisions now that they need to go and knock the door. And they do, they knock the door. We spend every Saturday morning a couple of hours knocking doors. That's just 
church-wide deal. Now, that's not counting what we do on our own. That's how you build a church. This is my wife. In other words, what I said earlier, this is our wife. But we're in this thing together. Let's all stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed.